the thing must leave. You can speak without fear. Our pet doesn't understand your language. Get out! It understands. Activate silence. What is the Emperor's message? He will strengthen your hand. With his... Sardakor... Sardakor army. (laughs) It must never be known. Uh, There's no satellites over Arrakis. The Atreides would die in the dark. On that matter, Duke Leto Atreides means nothing to our order, but his wife is under our protection, and by extension, her son. Allow them the dignity of exile. House Harkonnen would never dream of violating the sanctity of your order. I give you my word, we would not harm them. If the Duke's son lives... No, Atreides will live. (laughs) My lord, you gave your word to the wit... Atreides. My lord, you gave your word to the witch, and she sees too much. I said I would not harm them, and I shall not. But Arrakis is Arrakis, and the desert takes the weak. My desert. My Arrakis. My dot 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 dudin. Mwam. Yeah, nice job, man. That was incredible. <laughs> I felt the 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 need for the Hans Zimmer bwam or whatever that that yeah. sound that he makes. <laughs> I had a dishwasher that was breaking down and it sounded like a Hans Zimmer <laughs> film score. Every time I did the dishes, it was like bwam. <laughs> that that hey, sounds uh, terrible to me. I, I already get terrified every time I hear my dishwasher going from the other room. Anyways, because I always start it and then forget that I've started it. Then I get spooked later on. So I don't need, I don't need any Hans Zimmer noises thrown out as well. I, I like I like picturing you at home alone at night, like pulling the blankets up, <laughs> up to your eyeballs as you're scared of something in the kitchen. It's happened. That's that's totally happened. Uh, so who are we? What are we doing here? We are the best film podcast with Chad and Travis. I'm Chad. This is Travis. Hello. And uh, and we are. What are we? We're the best film podcast with Chad, with Chad and Travis. And Travis specifically to, to to really make that clear. We're a podcast where we talk about what we think is the best film of each year. Uh, he'll pick one, then I'll pick one, and then we'll also t- kind of talk about some other movies. As well, uh, I don't know, best genre films of the year. Um, best franchise, best-, best movie out of the franchise, best movie out of yeah, genre, maybe a director's uh, uh, filmography. Yeah. Yeah. We're still, we'll st- yeah. We're, we're still playing with the format a little bit, but we'll talk about what we think are the best films of each year and sometimes maybe even the worst film of the year. We might talk about this that. This is true. Too. Yeah, we don't know a lot, but we do know what the that we are the best film podcast, <laughs> the best film podcast <laughs> with Chad and Travis. With Chad and Travis this is correct. Uh, uh, we both, at least, I believe we do. Uh, we try to see all of what are generally considered the best movies of the year. At least that's that's kind of a goal of mine. Yeah, we're, we're we're cinephiles. We're we're film nerds. We're cinephiles. I mean, like we do it. Yeah, we 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 feel the 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 urge that we're compelled to watch all the major motion pictures. <laughs> Why? Well, yeah, we are. Well, we, uh, we used to work at blockbuster together, blockbuster video. It's true. I have to explain this to my kids, blockbuster video. And they said, this is, are you talking about back in the 20th century? <laughs> oh, the 1900s. 
<laughs> yeah. Back in the 1900s, <laughs> our family would gather together. There were these things called VHS tapes. And we'd go to a store filled with VHS tapes and we'd pick out a tape. And it and smelled of like candy. It smelled of candy and plastic yeah. and popcorn and body odor. <laughs> Weird, very special collection of scents. Really yes. nostalgic scents. Yeah, it's that. Uh, what were the things that were? The tapes were in the uh, case, and there's a word for the case. The clamshell. The uh, yeah, was the, it no? The, oh, amaray. An amaray. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 potent odor of amaray fills your nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it a is. sea creature. <laughs> <laughs> the amaray. Yeah. Godzilla versus amaray. I got attacked by an amaray. <laughs> Did you pee on it? You're supposed to pee on that. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. <laughs> did we have? We had kids pee. No, we had kids throw up in the store. Oh, I don't we remember had anybody. adults throw up in the store. I mean, uh, did we? That oh yeah, that that's one right. Of, one of our one of our coworkers puked into a trash can just at the scent yeah. of another human yeah. being because she walked up and she smelled so bad he had to throw up. <laughs> He, apo- he apologized uh, later. He's like, "I'm oh, sorry, I had lots of scrambled eggs that morning." I'm like, "Dude, that's." <laughs> I, that's just, I don't, don't want to hear me, yeah <laughs> your explanation made it so much worse uh this episode we're going we're looking at the year 2021 the far off distant year 2021 yeah yeah we gotta start uh, at the most recent right we start at the beginning or the end we start at 2021 yeah there's uh, there's there's a few movies that are yet to come out in 2021 yeah. So yeah. Uh, obviously we haven't seen them all yet, but um, maybe we'll go over. What do you want? A next next episode or something? Maybe we'll go over some of the movies we haven't seen that people are talking yeah. about. I mean, it's, well, we can go ahead and mention it now. I'm fine with that. I mean, like for instance, I think I'm gonna like Nightmare Alley when it comes out. I think I'm excited uh, for Licorice Pizza, but I have not seen them yet. So now that we're starting the podcast, we'll just act as if the, those movies don't exist at this point. Anyway. That's true. Yeah, they don't exist. Although I can't wait to see Nightmare Alley specifically. That's Del Tor- Guillermo del Toro, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm stoked for yeah. that one. Looks like a. I mean, like, not enough movies dealing with like that spooky turn of the century, like spiritualism and mm-hmm. all that stuff. When people were really mm-hmm. into that kind of thing, and and like, I'm 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 on board. I'm ready for it. I'm very much on board. I'm a huge uh, Guillermo del Toro fan. I think. Are you? I love everything he yeah. does. Almost, but. It, I'm there. I see everything yeah, he does. No, I, I love him, and um, I, I mean, I love his work. And he seems like a really like sweet man. Ever all of his interviews and stuff, he just seems like such a he nice does. guy. I want to like, I want to like, you know, have a picnic with him. With him, or I know. I, you're right. Like actually, nice, now that like you say nice that, man. yeah, I want to cuddle him. <laughs> He's cuddle very up to teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you seen his house? Have you have you ever seen that yes. they take like tours of his house? He's got these incredible sculptures and rooms of the macabre and like old Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, he's like you know he's one of those classic film guys that like loves film, you know. So he's like a, he was like a historian of film and a historian of other oddities, right. like a curator of these kinds of objects and things as well. Uh, which he uh, there was a flood and he lost a lot of that stuff unfortunately. Oh, I think he was able, that's a tragedy. Able to save save much much of it yeah it is it is really sad i'd sure like to i'd like to cuddle up to him all the more now knowing that maybe comfort him 
He needs he needs your affection. He needs he needs your companionship. <laughs> uh, definitely looking forward to Nightmare Alley, Licorice Pizza. These yeah. movies are not yet. Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, Macbeth, no the Cohen. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, Macbeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Cohen Brothers are doing a Macbeth. Yeah, I'll check that out. Have you heard about Belfast? I have not seen Belfast. I've not seen Kenneth Belfast. Branagh. I, I think uh, Kenneth Branagh is a uh, a good director. Um, I hear that, like, I have, I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it. I have a really fucking hard time with the Irish accent. I gave up on Peaky, Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I just can't handle it. Like, I just, I, I just like, I don't even know what's going on. And I hate reading subtitles. So I don't typically like to turn that on while I'm watching something. And so I just, yeah, I'm yeah. a little, I'm a little worried about Belfast is what I'm saying. <laughs> you don't like, uh, I hear you don't like the Irish <laughs> I am Irish, or you know, American <laughs> Irish, but I, just I think that, really that allows you to say like, that. Then, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I just have a really hard time understanding. Like, I, you know, I just can't understand what they're saying I get it, a lot of the time. I get it. I, I get it. I, and I and I hear that <laughs> Belfast has some thick Irish accents, and I heard that. I was like, oof. Uh, I'll, Ooh, uh, I'll, I'll have to watch the subtitles <laughs> on for this one. That's not a theater watch for me. Well, we're looking obviously twenty twenty one. Best film of twenty one. So we had the little caveats. We it, they these movies have not yet come out. Although it's the end of twenty twenty one, they always do this. They always shove these movies down, it, yeah. get them in at the nick of time. Uh, but I've picked what I consider the best movie of twenty twenty one. You've picked what you consider the best movie of twenty twenty one. We're gonna look at my pick first, Chad. Yep. I'm this is Chad talking. Uh, I but did. first, I wanted to I wanted to take us down memory lane. What's going on in 2021? What happened? Do you remember, Travis? <laughs> you remember 2021? So far back. I know it's hard to think. Memory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 2021 was a wild year. We all know this. It was kind of a holdover from 2020. COVID is still going strong. Everybody knows this. Uh, we'll, we'll, the world still is trying to figure out what to do. Like all these variants coming out now. But uh, 2021, America got a new president. The Capitol was stormed. Uh, there was a conviction on the murder of George Floyd. I can't remember the last. Is it Chauvin? Chauvin? Derek? What's that guy's name? Chauvin, I think. Chauvin. Yeah, yeah, Chauvin. Uh, we landed a Perseverance drone on Mars. The Suez oh, yeah. Canal got the Suez Canal got blocked and like stopped the world. <laughs> <laughs> for memes, weeks. memes of plenty, <laughs> lots of memes. Uh, America withdrew from Afghanistan after a very long time. Uh, the Olympics happened this year after a postponement from last year. Uh, billionaires were launching themselves into outer space. Uh, it was crazy, and and people went back to work. Uh, people, people's kids went back to school. Yeah. Was it safe to do so? I don't know, yes. but we were done with the whole at home thing. So we uh, you know, started, started moving back into uh, normal life. People got vaccinated yeah, um, and people started going to the movies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was a tough again. time for the movies uh, yeah. here in Ukraine. I live in Ukraine, in uh, Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, Travis, you're in Michigan. Uh, Michigan, United States. Michigan, United States. Here in Ukraine, uh, Russia's kind of, as we're recording this, I don't know what the news says about this in America, but like <sighs> Russian troops are lining the border and nobody's sure what Putin's going to do. Yeah, I've been wondering about that. Um, <laughs> been seeing, like, like literally. Go ahead. Any, yeah, uh, any moment. Uh, yeah, we, uh, 
I guess we don't know. It's all in Putin's hands, which is a strange place to be. But uh, will we have to evacuate as American citizens? I don't know. Will we be attacked? I don't know. But there's apparently tons of troops on the border and plans for perhaps a Russian invasion. So uh, what's the plan if that happens? Uh, Probably something that uh, I shouldn't share on a podcast. But okay. I'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what I want. This, this is all. We all want to know that part. We don't need right, to right. Uh, yeah. get into the uh, James be Bond fine. of it all. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. I'll be fine. I'm not here uh, illegally or anything. You know, I'm not here for any reason except uh, for job responsibilities. So. Okay. All that to say, I'm not like well, a spy. <laughs> Welcome to the, the first episode of the Best Film Co- Podcast. Uh, one of our hosts isn't a spy. Isn't one, a spy. The, jur- the jury's still out. <laughs> it sounds really suspicious when I say, I am not a spy. <laughs> it's very convincing. I'm so stuck thinking about Putin's hands and how clammy they must be and how I wouldn't mm. want to be like touching them or in them in any way like you know that they're like cold and damp Ugh. yeah they're damp i picture them rough and uh i don't picture them damp i picture them rough but maybe i don't well, know yeah, there's a lot, a lot of horseback riding and bear fighting you're right 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 yeah i'm gonna google it putin's hand how okay. what do google google's hands putin's feel hands. like <laughs> <laughs> if i google putin's hands then i may not be safe so i'm not gonna uh, do that you, i'm not yeah. gonna put that in my I search mean, history in many different senses you will no longer be safe <laughs> <laughs> you said it's been a rough year for film in the sense that I don't think Hollywood knows what to do. Uh, do we put movies in theaters? Do we not? We're in this weird transition period. Yeah. Lots of so, films getting uh, like undercut, but financially speaking, by being released like in theaters and on HBO Max. But right, it, it's also right. kind of shown that like um, judging movies by the box office maybe isn't the best way to judge their quality either. Maybe, mm, that, interesting. maybe that point will be driven home to some folks that hadn't otherwise considered that. Interesting. Maybe. Interesting thought. Yeah. I think, uh, well, for my pick, are we ready to get into this? I think we're more than ready. Let's do it. We're more than ready. We're, we're uh, ripe. Uh, for my <laughs> pick, 2021, best film, 2021. I couldn't help myself. I had to pick this movie. I was looking forward to this movie for years. Um, my pick is the movie Dune. I added a little pause in there to <laughs> to, to give some uh, sense of uh, dread or something. Suspense. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, tension. Uh, my pick is Dune. I was going to say... Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve? Why didn't I look up how to pronounce this guy's name oh, beforehand? I meant to. I meant to do that. Is it Denny? <laughs> Denny? Villeneuve? Villeneuve? Fuck. It's either. It's, it's one of. It's one of two things. It's either Denis Villeneuve or Denis Villeneuve. I say. And I Deli, don't know which one it is. Delhi. Denny. Wait. What do I say? I say Denny. <laughs> I Villa, say Delhi pastrami. <laughs> I say deli sandwich. No, I say I say Denny Villeneuve, but now I'm realizing that must be wrong too. I don't know this guy. Well, now this that you say that. makes movies. Let's just call him okay. Denny. Well, he's our buddy Den, Big Den. He's Big Den. I'm a huge fan of Big Den. <laughs> Big Den can do almost no wrong for me. I I've loved Denny Villeneuve. Okay, I love Big Den. Uh, going. <laughs> 
<laughs> going way back. Uh, t- to my mind, there's nobody uh, working, no director working today that can uh, bring a sense of atmosphere into his film uh, that does a better job of that. Like there's just mm. this, if I'm, if I'm with uh, uh, these astronauts going into a spaceship in arrival, let's say, like I can call up that sense of dread that I felt as we're entering that spaceship. And he just, there's no dialogue, there's no anything, but in arrival as they're going in, there's just anticipation, fear, like there's this sense of like, I don't know, this numinous sense of like kind of awe or dread. And somehow he's able to bring these feelings up in his movies. And it's really, it's really powerful. I really like how he's able to do that. How, what do you feel about this guy? I mean, I think he's uh, exceptionally. Uh, he's okay. <laughs> uh, he's not worth learning how to pronounce his name. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> he's. Uh, I mean, clearly, like, uh, I mean, I'm going to say he's a very visual director, but uh, I guess all of them are. But still, like, he's very much. Um, you're getting big. I always think like big cinematic pieces. You know, I mean, like, mm. you know, the stuff that he's done for the most part has been pretty damn cinematic uh i i really like prisoners that's probably his least uh epic film which yeah. i think is also one of his best I, I haven't seen everything i haven't i haven't seen incendias for instance um oh man but uh okay. but but what but yeah what i've seen i i respect i like i should have googled pronunciation <laughs> i thought right before we started i thought oh oh, oh yeah find out how to pronounce Deneville. In fact, I have a. I, I wrote myself a note. First thing to do. It says first thing. Villeneuve pronunciation? <laughs> question mark. No, I didn't look Whoop, that note. Whoopsie. Oh well. <laughs> After so, I, I watched Prisoners with uh, Gyllenhaal. Right. Uh, it was awesome, and I remember thinking, like, going into the theater, this is a maybe like a Hollywood, like maybe it's just gonna be some cheesy movie. But turns out, no, this is like powerful, and there's this is way deeper than just like. Some Taken movie. I thought it was going to be like another Taken ripoff, like a Liam Neeson Taken ripoff. But no, it was really good. Um, I went back and watched Incendies, and I have mm-hmm. to recommend Incendies to you. I think you would love Incendies. It's so it's powerful. List. Every scene is just gut-wrenching, and it's 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 really powerful. Uh, watched Arrival, loved it. Blade Runner 2049 fell a little flat for me. I'm a huge Blade Runner fan. Was very much looking forward to that looked sequel. Good. I mean, yeah, looked, it looked great. Yeah, yeah. Not, not. I mean, I felt the same. Like a little underwhelmed with the story, and just making yep. a movie long doesn't make it epic, you know. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Fell flat for me, and then so then they're saying, "Hey, this guy's going to direct Dune." Now, this my ears perk up when I hear this because Dune is one of my favorite books. I love. Dune. I love. I've I've read all the Frank Frank Herbert, the guy who wrote Dune. Uh, I've read off all all his books. He wrote six Dune books, and then his son started writing a bunch of books. So there's like twenty more Dune books. I haven't read those, but it's a lot of Dune. Yeah, it's, it's miserable. It's a lot of Dune. Uh, but the first book, and even as the Dune series goes on, like the original six, they get kind of worse and worse, in my opinion. But the first book is a masterpiece. I love it. Uh, I've been waiting for this movie for a while. When I heard he's directing, I thought, oh my gosh, this has a chance to be a masterpiece. But then when I saw Blade Runner 2049, I thought, okay, well, we could be in big trouble here. Uh, 
And then I saw it in theaters as soon as I could and absolutely immediately fell in love with it. Thought it was a great adaptation to the book. Thought that it, it did the source material very well. Um, and that's and that's hard for me to say because it's very little. To, you know, it's very rare that a movie actually does that. Does uh, justice to the source material. Have you read Dune? You have not read Dune. I have not read Dune, and in the spirit of uh, full disclosure, uh, when as we get into doing this podcast, this is our first episode, I hereby <laughs> pledge that whenever possible, I will watch the movie like a day or so before the same day that we record. Uh, couldn't do that with Dune. I, I saw it when it was on HBO Max, but I'm not paying $25 to like purchase it at this point in my life, uh, which is like the only way you can really get it right now. So I've done like a lot of um, prepping of like watching other people's wrap ups of Dune and like, um, you know, like other people's summaries and stuff. So in, in doing that, I, I'm like, oh, oh, that's what was going on. Um, because I had a <laughs> okay. whole lot explained to me that that I think had I read the book, I would have. So another another thing real yeah. quick that, that you as you and I talked about, Chad, like we really want this podcast to be a celebration of film and like neither one of us wants to get up here and have to like defend a film that we right. really love. And, um, and I certainly liked Dune quite as much. I, I did not have the, the level of like, um, uh, awe that you and a lot of other people whose opinions I really respect, uh, felt. And I think a lot of that's because I, I, I was lost for a lot of the film. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And, and having not had that book background, and I saw the Lynch version, but I mean, a couple times as a kid, uh, I didn't have it like imprinted uh, in my head as far as, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I just, it, it wasn't no, one that good. I went back to over and over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, there's a reason why. I, mean, I, I think hate, twice is enough. I hate, I hate the David Lynch Dune. I, I hate I like, it. I hate it. <laughs> I like one Lynch film, and it's The Straight Story, so that tells you everything about how I feel about David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> now okay now i love david lynch i like okay he's he's actually one of my favorite directors maybe that's Is why it? i hate I dune all the more he i uh, i don't i can't i almost can't explain it except i also don't like, I like the straight the police story. oh well you yeah. like <laughs> i like the police does that count I like the police. The police with Sting police. and Sting, Sting paid, yes. played one of the actors in. Okay, I followed you. I got you. I got yes, you. That's where I was going with that. <laughs> uh, uh, all this is a long way of saying no. I've not read Dune. I, okay, well, I think this will be interesting because as I was watching the movie, um, I'm wondering. I wonder how people who have not watched the, or read the book or are familiar with it would feel about this. So maybe as we go through, we'll we'll uh, touch on a couple places. Yeah, I'm your that I thought that. were really powerful, but turns out, uh, no, nobody actually cares about that, unless you've read the book. <laughs> well, no, lots of people. I mean, I think that I've, there's lots of people that love it that have not read the book. So I, I do think it connects with people that haven't read the book. I just think that it's going to mean more to you if you have, if you have like the context, if you understand the sure. meaning behind some of the stuff that happens. Well, you know? isn't that the isn't that the give and take or, or the you know it could go either way with film adaptations for books that you love. Uh, it could be, it could just, the experience is a great one and make it even greater because you read the book or it makes you more miserable because you've read the book. <laughs> yeah. Usually that's the case, honestly. Right. I know. Right. Well, uh, gunslinger, when did the gunslinger come out? Was that this year? Oh God, please. No. That was like, I think that was 2019. <laughs> we Talk won't bring up gunslinger. Anticipation. 
Oh, hey. God. We've been talking Decades. about Gunslinger since we worked at Blockbuster. Since before, before Blockbuster, that. when we were in high yeah. school together. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, we, we're, no, this we is were, not. Uh, this is not the time for that. Maybe. We, yeah. When we get to that year, maybe we'll do worst <laughs> movie of the year. <laughs> uh, but this is one of those rare instances where they do a great job with the book. Like Lord of the Rings, I think did a great job with the book. Jurassic Park. Are there? I mean, it's rare that you actually do a good job with the book. I think. Can you think? Uh, do you have any examples of a great Fight club? Fight Club. Oh, okay. The only yeah. Movie Fight Club. I, I can think of that's better. Than, uh, Dolores Claiborne is actually better than the book, um, which I the, like. The really, book. I love Dolores Claiborne. The movie. I've not seen. I've not seen. Never saw the movie. Oh, it's really good. I have to um, check it out. Those are the first Jaws, two that come to I guess. That are actually, actually yeah. better than the book, but it's pretty rare. Right. Right. It is rare. Uh, okay, so here we are with Dune. Uh, we've got the David Lynch Dune that came out in 1984. I. It's a train wreck. I cannot stand it, and I know I, I'm sorry if people are listening and they like the movie because it has some kind of cult following. Listen, I love Dune, I love David Lynch, but good gracious, I hate that movie. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a <laughs> they did a Sci-Fi Channel version of it, and I didn't. It's actually better than the Lynch version. Everything's better than I the Lynch version, but I didn't uh, it. it's a Sci-Fi. It's Sci-Fi Channel. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like well, Sci-Fi Channel, like in the '90s, wasn't it? Or like early? It's 2000s, like yeah, maybe. I think early 2000s, yeah, late '90s sci-fi. So it's yeah. it's not good at all. But this mm. now, the Dune 2021 with Denis Villeneuve, Big Dan, <laughs> yeah, Big Dan, <laughs> Big Daddy Denny, uh, is is great, and I think it's because Villeneuve is able to set this atmosphere. Part of, the, part of the, the difficult thing, I think, in adapting this particular book is what makes the book so great, what I think people really like about the book is the inner tensions between all these like houses, like power, mm-hmm. big powerful houses. Think Game of Thrones, like that kind of stuff. It's like yeah. obviously before Game of Thrones. But also these inner tensions with the characters because this person says this, you get a lot of, oh, they said this, I'm going to have to say the exact right sentence so they don't think this. And then, you know what I mean? And these inner monologues that happen throughout the book that just do not translate at all on film. Like mm-hmm. David Lynch, in David Lynch's, you watch it and every character has a voiceover. Like they say a sentence and then there's their voiceover whispers like, I hope... Ugh. I hope that they aren't mad. Like it's it's horrible. <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin. You hear Kyle McLaughlin's whispering voice through half of the movie. No one wants that. Of, no rambling one wants thoughts. That. Nobody wants to hear Kyle McLaughlin whisper in their ear. Wait, Kyle <laughs> McLaughlin. Yeah, Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> um, yeah, having not read the books uh, and watching the movie, to me, like, and 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 having like a history background, like, to me, is all like, oh, this is. This is this is this is very much like uh, what has happened numerous times in numerous places throughout <laughs> the world, uh, where there's right. some greater empire and then like these um, aristocratic noble families beneath it that are kind of being shuffled around and like jumping through hoops and there's all this colonization and imperialism going on. So that, I'm like, oh, this is this is a fun way to look at you know, a fun way to look at a really exciting and fun another fun <laughs> subject. Um, oh yeah, like resource usurpation. Oh, great. It's <laughs> a fun way to look at oppression, yeah, and genocide. I mean, yeah, yeah. But that's one of the great things about sci-fi is it gives people, um, you know, they'll they'll look at and think about things in different ways that are horrific that they don't want to look at or think about ordinarily. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the brilliant things about sci-fi. So Denis Villeneuve, Big Den, opens up the movie. And um, he, uh, again, is creating this atmosphere. But he starts it off by the, setting up the tension between the houses. We've got the Atreides house. And they're taking over the planet Arrakis, Arrakis from the Harkonnens. So the Harkonnens were controlling Arrakis. And uh, we open with this... Uh, voiceover the only voiceover thank thank the lord uh yeah. is in the very beginning because i hate voiceover and the other dune was full of it um that the harkonnens are leaving and uh this oh, one, the one of the locals the fremen that live on this planet say i wonder who our new oppressors will be so for her for them it's just same old thing different different house and then we can meet the atreides is big sorry this is a zendaya's big moment She's like, I guess so. Yeah. She's not in, yeah. 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 And then she's not, well, we'll get into that, I guess, but because the movie is not the, the whole book. It's just part one. Right. Dune part one. And right when they, when they made it, they weren't sure if they were going to do a part two. They were going to see how the movie did. Blows my mind. To Absolutely see. Yeah. blows my like, mind. That, 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 that's reality. <laughs> but they got it greenlit. I think it's greenlit. They're going to do a second one. Yeah, no, uh, it's been a, there, there might be more than a second one. There are Dune two, three. Hopefully, it doesn't go the way of uh, what is it, The Hobbit? They just make a uh, made a bunch of just draw it out for the sake of drawing it out. Hopefully not, but we'll see. Hopefully not. They're taking over the planet. The Atreides house are taking over the planet Arrakis, and this planet's important because it's got this thing called spice, and spice is important because spice is how we uh, do space travel here in the future. And also does a whole bunch of other things. It kind of awakens the human psyche. So uh, the people like the space spacing guild take this stuff and they can navigate inner space, interstellar travel, which nobody can do unless unless they have this spice. But it also uh, affects uh, everybody's awareness. It like awakens like prescience in people. They're able to see outcomes of things and like kind of calculate it in their head. Uh, and whoever takes this stuff gets gets ho- you're you're hooked on it. Which I don't think the movie. I'm not sure if the movie really touched on at all, except to say that, that spice. Yeah, I, I, I might be. Conf- I mean, I know that's in the book, so I may be reading that into the movie. The important thing is the spice is like oil. You know what I mean? Like it's like this is what's yeah. allowing the world to run, or not the world. It's allowing this intergalactic empire to run, mm-hmm. and it's only found on this one planet. That's why everybody wants this planet, or why this planet's so important. And then we meet this kid, Paul Atreides who is being trained, uh, he's, he's the successor to the Atreides throne, and uh, he's fighting with uh, Gurney Halleck, who is the character played by Josh Brolin. And uh, they have these, and, and we're setting up the universe here in the early part of the movie where, okay, now we, we understand how space travel works, and now people have to fight with knives because they have uh, this, like, protection on, you know what I mean, like this... Uh, shielding on and uh and then we meet these uh these kind of witch type ladies these bene Gesserits, and they they do their own thing too but these early scenes are all just setting up the universe you know what i mean without trying to yeah. be without trying to give you a plot dump yeah uh, a lot of world building happening world happening building is here. the yeah is is the word how did that feel to you did that did that um, feel uh, pre- like okay yeah we get it like, you know, when you watch a movie and they say, as you know, we have been uh, the rulers of this planet for 30 years. 
And you're like, okay. Did it feel like an exposition dump? I did mean, it feel like that? No. No, I wouldn't say oh, that's that it good. did. I mean, I, I think that, like, I mean, it felt like the beginning of a movie, which you are learning what's going on. Um, I don't think that this movie suffers from hand feeding its audience too much. If anything, maybe a little bit the other way around. Mm, the the opposite. Yeah, yeah. That's see, that was one of the things I wanted to ask because because I know the background, and so for me, it was hard to suss out the difference. Because I'm like, when I see something, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that part in the book. No, actually, like, these um, are those guys. Again, like I, <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I had a bit of a background knowledge from seeing the Lynch version when I was a kid, but like immediately in the opening, I was like, oh, oh, this may like, I stuff became clear to me that was not like, that I didn't really <laughs> understand as a kid. I'm like, oh, these are like, they're competing houses. There's still right. like, this other emperor dude. It was, it was, I thought it was handled pretty well. And that, I mean, it doesn't hurt that you get, you're getting the great Zimmer score and, uh, right. and some fantastic visuals and production design and like, and all that kind of stuff and costume design. So you're getting kind Absolutely. of an onslaught right, right from the start. And it's, and it doesn't come across like, uh, like you're just getting a bunch of information thrown at you. You're, you're, you're learning what you're walking into. Right. Right. And, and, and learning this stuff, like the universe, the world building, is another big reason why I love Dune. Like the reason why it's one of my favorite books is I just like that. I like this idea. Well, for example, like the shields, like they're fighting, mm-hmm. they have to fight with knives. There's no lasers. There's no guns or like there, there's things that are kind of like guns, but they have why? these protective shields. So you don't need guns. What's that? Why is there, why is there no guns or lasers in the future? Cause those shields will repel them all like those body shields. So you have oh. to kill someone like in a war you have to like you have to bring a knife up kind of slowly into the shield so it, it will allow it it's got to be the I right see. speed to just allow it to pass through the shield to actually get you. That's cool. This is where they're yeah. at with their arms race is that they've actually transcended projectiles. That's interesting. Right. Which is cool. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that is cool. And this is one uh, one of the big things that I the reasons I, I like Dune or the universe of Dune is something I don't think they talked about in the movie, but it's it's there. They just don't talk about why. But in the in the book, like thousands of years ago, like ten thousand years ago or something crazy, there was um uh there was a rebel like a they call it the Balerian Jihad in the I'm being I'm nerding out a little bit, excuse me. Okay. But like a long time ago humanity revolted against thinking machines so there's no computers i'm sorry and they call it the jihad they call it yeah this is the the book was written <laughs> <laughs> the book was written in fact uh was in the 60s or something like that uh oh, when islam didn't exist yet or back before anybody knew about islam <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making uh, an for, excuse. Before the whites had heard about <laughs> Islam. I see. Uh, okay. In fact, keep going. the book the book Dune, I mean it gets like jihad is all over the book Dune. Like that's one of the things. Uh well, we'll get into it as we, as we go on. Okay. But um well, maybe yeah, well, anyway, so a long time ago humanity rebelled against computers. So computer, you're not allowed to build computers or th- or have any machine that thinks for itself. And so now instead of like robots in the Dune universe or like computers, you have uh, just humanity has to expand themselves. So you have cool. humans that have to be the new computers. So you got that guy that like puts his eyeballs up into his head and he cal- does a calculation. 
Oh, so again, like this was not made abundantly clear. I don't think. I think it's really cool, and it helps make sense because, like, you kind of got to get around that computer uh, leap when it comes right. to like evolution. Um, no, that, that's really cool. I, I, I mean, you get the sense that like computers aren't part of the world, but you don't, you don't, you don't know why. But that, again, right. like that, having that background does kind of give you more appreciation for what you're seeing. It's fun, and I and I I know you can't put everything in the movie, but that is sure. one thing that I wish they would have done more of is just fill out that world a little bit because that's why I love Dune. I mean, it's one of the big reasons why I love Dune is it's such a it's a sci-fi book, but it's not there's no lasers, there's no computers, there's no robots. It's all humanity and expanding yeah. your conscience and you know becoming what can humanity become? You know, it's it's very well, interesting. There's more coming, you know, it might get fleshed out more in the future. That's terms. true. That's true. And everything that's as people ask the big D big den about it. Mm-hmm. He, he always says, well, there's another movie coming out, which, okay. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we meet, uh, this Bene Gesserit lady, the, the, one of the Reverend mothers, and she has Paul Atreides put his hand in a box this is very late. We're still kind of learning the world. And then we find out that uh, this this order of women, the Bene Gesserits, have been working kind of behind the scenes and in the politics. Am I nerding out too much? No. I, every time I hear the word, I, I, my head goes, Bene Gesserits. So like every single time I've heard that, like in the past, I just can't. So I'm, I was trying not. I'm sorry. I was really. Bene Gesserits. That's perfect. Every time Unfortunately, I, it, I just hear it over and over again. I'm a little bit sad that you just said that because now that's exactly what I'm going to think too. Every time I hear yeah, I'm so sorry. I ruined it for everybody. <laughs> I was walking around my house this morning singing it and the Ben and Jesse Ritz, you know, like, I, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so these ladies, these Elton John ladies, uh, have been working behind the scenes to um, uh, kind of mixing bloodlines. It's a little bit unclear in the movie, but they're they're pulling the strings behind uh, uh, the political, these families, and they're, they're working through. Yeah, yeah, that's right, right. Exactly yeah. right. Um, yeah, they're, they're wanting to create some kind of super being who they call the Kwisatz Haderach. Again, I'm nerding out. Wow. And this this Kwisatz Haderach is going to have the... It's mouthful. kind of unclear. <laughs> <laughs> it's unclear. Say it with me. Kwisatz Haderach. Queasy <laughs> Hot Rock. That's <laughs> close. Uh, you yeah. sound like me as I'm learning Russian. That's exactly how I sound. I'm like... What? Uh, <laughs> you uh, this and the super being is going to be able to do something that's a little bit unclear, but they'll be able to put humanity on a different path. So that's kind of all we know. And so we're gonna now this uh, this lady, Lady Jessica, who's Paul's mother, was a Bene Gesserit or is a Bene Gesserit, and she was supposed to. She's a part of this breeding line, and she gave birth to a boy when she wasn't supposed to. She's supposed to give birth to a girl because then that girl, they had plans for her. But instead she she gives birth to this. Well, she's a Bene Gesserit. She can, can, she can, uh, she can pick which sex she gives birth to. She's just that advanced. They have these techniques where she can, I don't know, she contracts a muscle or a nerve or something and picks the right chromosome out. She chose to have have a boy. boy. Right, right, right. And it kind of messed things up for the Bene Gesserits. So this lady 
this reverend mother comes in and wants to test it and see what's going on with this kid. We, we hear he's having dreams. That's what this Kwisatz Haderach is supposed to be. Maybe she, is it possible that this kid is the Kwisatz Haderach, even though she, he, he's not supposed to come yet. We're still a couple of generations out. So okay. that's where he's sticking his hand in the box and, and testing it in mm-hmm. the Gam Javar. Uh, all this again, by way of backdrop. Then we go to Arrakis. They leave, the Atreides leave their planet Caladan. They go to Arrakis and they start getting set up there. We see the situation. We meet Duncan Idaho, which is maybe the dumbest sci-fi name of all time. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I wasn't going to say Duncan, Duncan Idaho. He's a beloved character. I mean, Mom- but Momoa comes in and kills it. He does great. Did you think so? I was a little bit, he great. was the, he, he, I wasn't. I wasn't sold on. I guess that's not who I pictured in the book. I don't. That's a bad excuse. But I. I don't know. He did okay. Well, he's I guess. very. Yeah, he's very action hero-y. Um, that's true. Which I guess yeah. Josh Brolin is too, but like in a less obvious way. So if you were expecting someone uh, less obvious, you know, less hero. Um, but he. I mean, as far as being like, hey, <clears throat> Timothy Chalamet. You're like a dweeby little fella, and I'll be like the the, the hulky dude that uh, looks out for you. you. You know that came. It felt right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we meet Duncan. Uh, Duncan's gone to the planet before to find a kind of explore, suss out what's going on with the uh, the native population, the Fremen. Uh, the we Fremen. met. We meet. Uh, yeah, the Fremen. We meet Liet Kynes, who's the Imperial planetologist, uh, who's played by a woman in this in this movie uh, in the book. He's a dude, but it doesn't matter. And uh, and then we meet Stilgar, uh, Javier Bardem, who's one of the leaders of the of the Fremen, one of their like local. They call him a siege, siege. So he's one of the leaders of the local sieges. And so there's a, a cool siege scene. is like a community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the okay. leader of siege, siege Tabor or Tabor, in the book. I always okay. said Tabor in my head. So I guess we'll find out how to how you're supposed to pronounce it in the next movie. Okay, I'll wait. But that's Javier Bardem. You know, he comes in and spits on the ground, and everyone's like, "Whoa, what have you? What a grave disgrace!" But uh, <laughs> no, spitting is a sign of honor because it's my bodily fluids, which are very precious, and I'm giving them. Right. Which I thought that was cool. You get a, you get a sense of like how cultures can be different, right. and like how things get confused, and you know, realistic. Yeah. There's a ton of that stuff in the book. It's another thing where I wish there was a little bit more of that. There's a ton of like this mm-hmm. misunderstanding things because of, uh, and here's the one, I guess it sounds like I don't like this movie, but like, I love this movie, obviously. Um, in the book, there's a lot, there's a ton about how dangerous this planet is and how precious water is. And, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot also with this Liet Kynes lady in the movie the the planetologist where it's her goal to her goal is to uh she wants to like reform the planet she wants there to be and we see this near the end of the movie where we go into her kind of little study chamber or whatever but she wants to bring water and plant life and all these things to arrakis but meanwhile the empire doesn't want that because they need this spice that's on so the but the locals like are are forced to live in this desert like just torture chamber just because we need this spice that's here but meanwhile they want to change the the atmosphere and make it a livable place but there's a whole ton in the book about how how just unbearable the the world is to live in and how um how challenging it is to live there 
And uh, and I didn't get that a lot in the movie. I wish they had a little bit more of that where, boy, this is a deadly place. And if you're outside for a little bit, you're going to be in big trouble because you, you need to retain every ounce of moisture that your body is giving off. I thought they did an okay job expressing that for, for someone who hadn't read the book. I mean, you, you, they have like these... Like they have these really spacey high high tech suits. They're like are like part of their basic culture that they all live in these suits all the time in order to survive it all. I thought they made that pretty clear. You can't walk around or else those you know the, the sandworms will get you. Um, <laughs> you, you know you, you you get a sense that there's like a lot of. Um, I mean I th- I feel like they they do okay there. I mean you you have a deeper understanding of it as a as a reader of the of the books, but I, right. I, you know, I thought they did okay with that. It's good. That's good. Uh, and in that clash of cultures, like what it's like to live on this planet and what that might mean. Like there's there's all these parts in the book and maybe it'll be in the second one. So I don't want to spoil the mm-hmm. second book, but yeah. where they have to reclaim the dead, reclaim the water from the dead. But then the outside really? cultures think, what, what a horrific practice. But then, no, this culture, no, that's an honor. Like you, this person would want their family to survive. So yeah, use mm-hmm. up my bodily fluids or whatever <laughs> if i'm dead but anyway it's stuff like right that there. where these these uh, cultures clash uh there's a lot of that stuff in the book but these new Atre- everybody's uh maybe suspicious of this new atreides family uh but early on we realize maybe these people are a little bit different there's a there's a spice harvester in the desert they go out to check it out and then there's a sandworm that's coming to attack so they're trying to lift the this harvester out of the the desert and something b- breaks, and the Duke Leto, the, the leader of the Atreides house, uh, puts himself in serious, and his family in serious danger to rescue the people. He says, forget the spice, get the people out of there. And we start to think, maybe these people are a little different. Like, maybe this is, uh, these guys are going to be the good guys. These are here nice, rich on people. This planet. These are the nice, uh, I'll, I'll just say white people. <laughs> Aristocrats, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and as they're getting rescued there off of the sand harvester, we get a glimpse of the just immensity of these sandworms, which are really cool. I mean, yeah, sandworms are just cool. I don't know what we can say about it cinematographically, but <laughs> I mean, they did they did a good job with it. I mean, um, they they made them enormous. You know, which I I like that they are like you know bigger than blue whales i mean they're huge yeah yeah and i like how the sand like they like liquefy the sand as they go through by the with the vibrations mm-hmm. and stuff I thought, I thought that was really cool uh in the midst of all this paul gets paul is inhaling some of this spice and he's starting to have these uh his subconscious or whatever is starting to awaken he's having these visions now kind of these grand visions yeah uh i don't know how clear that came across but that was it was because he's got all this spice yeah. Was not clear. So that's, I, 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 I mean, like, I know that the spice is causing visions. I do. I definitely understood that. Yeah. Um, the thing that I really wrestled with in the movie, since we're kind of getting to it now, um, yeah. that was cleared up for me by listening to other people's breakdowns <laughs> on YouTube, is that there that these premonitions that he's having are not set. Which I, I'm on board with that. I just mm. didn't understand that's what was happening. So, like, I was just, especially by the end of the film, extremely confused how, like, these people are, like, clearly really important and going to be, like, showing up later in the next movie or something and they die. And, like, I'm, I'm just like, wait a minute. I, I, so, I, so 
and I and I wasn't entirely sure that they were premonitions, but I mean, I thought at any rate, this is where I got confused. Uh, I, I yeah, think that they yeah, could have yeah. done a better job of making it clear that these premonitions were not set in stone. Because my thinking was like, oh, he's he's seen the future. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is um, he's seeing possible, like you said, here's all the different paths laid out. And what mm-hmm. do I have to do now to get on this path? Like like when Doctor Strange looks and sees all the futures in Infinity War or whatever. He's like, okay, yeah, there's one path bit, where... It felt a little bit more like when Superman sees the... Or when Batman sees the future <laughs> in... Uh, oh, in yeah. alternate future <laughs> in Justice League where you're like, what the fuck is happening? Right, um, right, right. Yeah, you know what? Maybe yeah. they were trying to go for something different in the movie. Because at the beginning of the movie, the, the movie opens with the phrase, dreams are messages from the deep in like mm-hmm. a weird like throat chant. And yeah. uh, that phrase is not in the book. The idea oh. is in the book. But I, I just wondered if that's, I wonder if that's Denis Villeneuve's take on, if like he's trying to go for something different with dreams or something yeah. like that. But the idea is there. Okay. I don't want to say it's not there, but yeah. that phrase isn't in the book. Um, uh, there's, I know when the movie was coming out, like this, the, this problematic is the phrase problematic, problematic, but this, the, the no, problematic, <laughs> the uh, idea of the white savior. Do you know what I mean? Here is, yeah. it's almost like a, it's a trope, obviously at this point, but sure. like the chosen one, it's male right. The white. chosen one comes and he's going to free these people from, yeah, they, they couldn't figure it out, but here's this, a guy, he's going to figure it out for them and lead them to salvation yeah, or whatever. It's iffy. It's problematic. Right. It's problematic. Uh, the re- the th- the thing with the Dune books, though, and I think this is where he's going, is the one of the big messages of Dune, the book, and I think the movie, if we'll we'll see in the next film, is that uh, the danger of having an outside savior come in and have people follow them, because Paul's getting these visions of like in the in the book jihad is the word that is used he's getting this vision of i'm gonna start a bloodbath and just take over this planet take over the imperium and in the movie we start seeing this too where paul's like he's this young kid and i think his mom is afraid of him too like this is a dangerous we we've got a things are rife for disaster here and i think she knows it his mom knows it in the book because every time he does stuff, she she's not happy about it. She's like, oh boy, I've set things in motion here that are going to cause disaster later on. And the book is, it, one of the big messages of the book, like I said, is this is a really dangerous thing to happen for an outsider to come in and try to impose their own thing and lead these people out somewhere. It, it, causes, uh, it causes a lot of bloodshed. It's kind of heady themes. Yeah, very. And it's cool if that's where it's going to go. And actually, I would expect that at this point, like um, in society, right. in our culture, for that for that to be where it goes. Um, I, I didn't necessarily get that from the movie. Um, I didn't. But again, I didn't understand what was going on with the, the, the flash or the flash forwards or. Right. What, I mean, right. I, just, I just there was there's just like moving images <laughs> that I <laughs> dully comprehended. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things, one of the reasons I hate the Dune David Lynch movie is at the end of the Dune David Lynch movie, uh, Kyle MacLachlan comes up and he is the he's the classic, I'm awesome right. and this is a right. good thing that I've done. In the book, right. 
it's billions of people are going to end up dead. Like there's, there's going to be a war that he's going to start. That's going to be a disaster all because of this, this idea of like a, the white, it doesn't say white savior, but because of this idea. So it's, it's, if it's done right, in my opinion, it's supposed to be a warning against that kind of thing. But I guess time will, time will tell. Yeah, and people weren't ready for that then with the Lynch movie. I don't think that people, you know, at least in, in our culture, we're not ready for it. Sure. Now I yeah, think they yeah. are. I hope so. I And I, if I'm understanding Frank Herbert, right, the author of the book, mm-hmm. he was doing that stuff in the 60s. Oh, and another thing this book did was he it, it invented the idea of like, um, I, in fact, as I was looking into it, I think... I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think he popularized the term ecology. Like it wasn't popular before Frank Herbert. Well, popular. He didn't come up with it, but he popularized it. Right, right. But that was a big passion okay. of his. It's like ecology and, and look at planetary science as a whole. And what can we do to to change the atmosphere and things of the planet? But it was a big passion of his. And I mean, maybe the guy's ahead of his time. I don't know. But sounds like it. Uh, almost right away here, we've got uh, the Atreides are attacked. So they get set up, and no sooner, they're, they're not even like, un, they don't have their bags unpacked. And then the Harkonnens, the people who did live on this planet, come back and take it over from them. And it turned out that there was a betrayer in their house. Their Dr. Yui betrayed them. And uh, So, wait, and this is the guy that sent the, uh, I want to say tracker jacker every time, but I know that's wrong. The hunter killer, the right? The hunter killer. Oh, uh, well, that was part of it. I guess that was part of them getting set up. That there, were, that's where you can tell. Oh, something's not right here. Yeah, there's a hunter seeker, I think. And uh, seeker. It dr- okay. Yeah, it drills through the wall, and there was a leftover Harkonnen spy that's been in the walls for a while. But Paul's able. That to was really cool. Outdo it. Did you like that part? That was really cool. Oh, I thought that scene was great. I thought it was one of the coolest. Scenes. I mean, it definitely reminded me a lot of like Padme and the like the little snaky things yeah. in uh, <laughs> yeah. Phantom Menace, um, but in a much, but done in a much better way. Uh, I thought it was cool. I thought it was really. I thought it was. I mean, that and the um, the other scene you described, where they're like um, trying to save the guys from the collapsing um, spice. Oh harvester. yeah, yeah, the, these, yeah, yeah. I thought those were the two strongest scenes in the movie for me. Oh, no kidding. I thought the Hunter Seeker yeah. thing, I was like, ah, eh, that's kind of, I don't know. Like, it, it didn't seem like Paul did much to get away from it. Like, I, it seemed kind of easy for him to evade it, but well, yes, I'm glad that's it worked true. It did yeah. seem It, it yeah. did seem very easy for him to evade, but I got the sense <laughs> that it wouldn't have been for most people. Yeah, no, that's, the, that's the idea. He uses his yeah. uh, training, his Jedi the force. training. The Force. Yeah. <laughs> he uses the Force. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the Atreides are like, in the course of what felt to me like five, 10 minutes, totally destroyed. And uh, yeah. it turns out the Harkonnens had help from the emperor's troops. So the, the emperor. What's I don't know where you, I got confused. Like, yeah. why would that? I mean, so I, I'm guessing we'll get into the emperor in the second movie. He is, we should. She is a big. They are a yeah. big part of the story, right? Okay. Because um, yeah. to me, I was like, why would they bring the Atreides in just to like, it didn't make sense. Like, well, right. I, I didn't, I so didn't this understand is, this, this whole yeah. plot. This is where, this is one, uh, again, I, I, I did say this before, but this is like the, the background of the, the political intrigue. You just, I mean, you can't put everything in the movie, but I wish it would have been better. So the, they hinted on it here and there, but you, I really think you probably have to have read the book to pick up on it. The Atreides, the house Atreides is, 
is has been growing in power and influence and everybody likes them and their military is growing stronger and so they're a threat to the emperor yeah them yeah the emperor is getting threatened by them so he orders them to get arrakis knowing that the harkonnens will not let that stand and not only that but the emperor also supports the harkonnens by giving him their military the sardaukar it was a way to just piss off the the Harkonnens and get them in, involved and in, and in taking out the yeah Atreides. give an excuse for the Harkonnens and yeah get to just get the Atreides out of there with and meanwhile do it maybe if I can say diplomatically not you so, know what I mean oh so, so it looked like there was a reason because my right. question is like if you wanted to smite them why not just smite them why not use the Harkonnen to do it like why do you have to like do this whole pretense of giving them Arrakis you know what I mean like that's because I understood that yeah. they were the threat it's but right. I didn't understand like this whole bait and switch thing yeah with Arrakis that's I mean that's the reason that's what like right now in Ukraine we talked about Ukraine and Russia <laughs> <laughs> like, I've heard of it. Uh, the the uh, like the the Russian newspapers will say even they did it today. Uh, oh, a Ukraine has invaded airspace, or we we yeah. found a Ukrainian spy, or we we yeah. found this plot that the Ukrainians were doing. Like it's all this that they keep they keep throwing out this stuff that is just going to give them some kind of excuse. Do you know what I mean? But right. it's all this kind of yeah. just nonsense, and it's something yeah. it's something similar is happening okay. here. But the emperor. Wants the Atreides pretense. out because they're getting okay. it's all pretense. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Okay, and uh, and they have the Sardaukar army. Who Sardaukar? Uh, I really Sardaukar it earlier. Sardaukar, <laughs> and this is Sardaukar. this is uh, what this is uh, this is what's his nuts? Not Drax. He's got a real name. <laughs> Dave Batista. This is Dave Batista, right? Oh, uh, he's no. Is he a Sardaukar? No, oh, no, he's a Harkonnen. All right. Wait, so is the, Sardaukar the, a different house? I thought the Sardaukar were like people that worked for the Harkonnen. Okay, so we've got uh, no, uh, we've got the oh, Atreides, fuck. yeah. Okay, they're they're like the the Lion House of Atreides, right? It, yeah. You really, it's it's kind of it's not to the level of Game of Thrones, but it's almost there. You got the Atreides, who are the good guys, and they've got their army. Uh, you've got right. the Harkonnens, who are on Arrakis, and they're it's uh, you know Stellan Skarsgård, who's like the the Colonel Kurtz meets a yeah a, a stubbed <laughs> pinky toe. <laughs> if he was melting. <laughs> <laughs> you turn the candle out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a melting Colonel Kurtz. Uh, and his son is Dave Bautista. Okay. That's then, his son. Uh, or his nephew. It's his nephew. I'm, I'm sorry. But yes, he's, a, he's a Harkonnen. That sounds right. Yeah. He's okay. a Harkonnen. Yeah. Beast Raban. And he's, he's kind of... He, Beast. His yeah, name's Beast? Beast. Okay. Beast Raban. I don't know if that's an epithet, but that's what he goes by. Beast Raban. So he's okay. the... Uh, He's the uh, he was he's the one in charge of Arrakis before the Atreides got there, and he's right. put in charge okay. after. Uh, and his job is to make everybody on Arrakis miserable, put down, the, exterminate mm-hmm. the Fremen, get rid of these people. We just want the spice. Um, mm-hmm. He makes conditions miserable. He's a horrible person. Uh, mm-hmm. The Sardaukar are the Emperor's army. We haven't. We'll we'll meet the Emperor later, but he's House Carino, oh, and he's he, got he a, the cool people with with the Mysterio masks. Uh, no, they don't have Mysterio masks. Those are the no? Spacing Guild. Well, if I'm thinking, yeah, Mysterio yeah, mask is yeah. Spacing Guild. We'll meet oh, them maybe later. The okay. So Sardaukar are the uh, uh, they're going they're, they're the throw singers. Okay. Oh, these are the <laughs> we do need a, a flow chart. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> 
they're putting the podcast. human sacrifice blood on their uh, on their forehead in that scene. Okay. Yeah, those that's those guys, think, and they uh, they're from uh, <laughs> they're from Seleucus Secundus, and uh, in the movie they don't say this, but the 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 uh, the atmosphere is also miserable on this planet, so that's why his troops, the emperor's troops, are really strong. Anyway, it does, that, is that part the place doesn't matter. Is rainy? Is that the, is that the yes, rainy place? Yes. Or was that, yeah, yeah. The I thought rainy that was cool because you singers. get the sense of, like they have they have too much. Right, like, 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 like uh, yeah. I thought that was cool because, like, Dune is like suffering. There, are, there's not enough water, but this place is suffering because from excess. And it's funny you say that because that's in in the book. That's the the point is like the Fremen are tough because situation the situation on Arrakis is tough. So there's it, yeah. it breeds tough people. Same thing with right. the Sardaukar army in a different way. But yeah, so that's actually exactly right. Um, but yeah, that's uh, you know Colonel Kurtz gets these uh, these shock <laughs> troops from the Emperor. But okay, <laughs> that's the that's the scene we re- recreated in the beginning is is the the Reverend Mother telling Baron Harkins, yes. "Hey, the Emperor is going to give you the troops, but nobody can know about this." Yeah. Wait. Do, Another do we, big we difference skip in David the book. Dasmalchian. Yeah, go David Dasmalchian's death, right? Dasmalchian dies, and like the whole like where he like where he's like dripping from the ceiling. He's in the corner, like a big bug that's got been stuck there. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's that that's happened. the next scene. Yeah, that's so the the doctor betrays the Atreides, but he says, "Well, I'll give oh, you this tooth. There's poison tooth." Fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So no, it's all good. So, all so right. the next scene, he has this poison tooth, and uh, he crunches it and spits out the gas, and that's when David Dasmalchian dies. Okay, so this is all ha- so like Atreides gets conquered, Leto gets brought into um, Baron mm-hmm. Harkonnen, Harkonnen, uh, his labyrinth or like his uh, his lair. I mean, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and and, th- and this oh, and so Doctor Yu has revealed himself, and then okay, okay, I'm sorry, it's right, all coming right. back to me. So Doctor like the share song. Uh, yeah, Doctor <laughs> Yui. He's betrayed the Atreides, but also he hates he hates the Harkonnens. So he's hoping. What's up with his wife? With this tooth, you can get close enough. So this is a big mystery. Uh, the Harkonnens have captured his wife. That's how he, they got Doctor Yui to, uh, you know, betray the House Atreides. Okay. Um, in the book, there's all this intrigue. Like we know there's a spy, but we don't know who it is, and that's, it, it takes up like a quarter of the book or a tenth at least. Huh people trying to figure out who is the freaking spy and uh the harkonnens are uh, you know giving false information and everybody thinks it's actually lady jessica paul's mom so like a huge huh. part of the book is cut out which is understandable you can't put everything in there but um yeah. uh, you know somebody thinks it's her and uh, yada 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 but it can't be this doctor because the do- doctor's been imperial tra- imperially trained he to to not be the uh, the bad guy or something. I don't know. But, to anyway, it turns out he is because, yeah, but his, because uh, Harkonnen took his wife. Now, we don't exactly know where his wife is or what happened to her, but uh, in the beginning of that scene that we recreated magnificently, I I think we did a great job. Oscar uh, worthy. Of the podcast. It was Oscar worthy at least. Uh, there's that there's that weird spider with human hands. Yeah. Remember that spider? Uh, I, how could I forget? Some people that. think that that is what Baron Harkonnen did to Doctor Yui's wife. Oh, that that was his wife. in the book. Yeah, he he does. The, he he's a really gross. He's real gross in the books. Uh, and that would he's not be than- that. 
Yeah, he's grosser in a weirdly. Uh, he's a like a pedophile. Oh, he likes little boys. Oh, and they're very. Okay, well, I'm glad they left that. They're out of the real. Movie. It's it's real gross. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very happy they they did that. But we don't know what happened gross? to his wife. Uh, I think maybe she got turned into that spider. Damn. All right. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Paul and uh, Jessica escape. Uh, Paul and his mom escape into the... Well, they're on the ship. And this is my favorite scene in the movie where they're tied up and they got Paul's mom's... Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, the actress, is is tied up and they have her mouth closed because she has she's a Bene Gesserit and the Bene Gesserit have this special ability they've honed their voice so they can control people with their voice mm-hmm. so these are mm-hmm. dangerous women and yeah. uh and they are all women except for for paul but in the in the in the movies in the books the Bene Gesserit are always women um and then paul is able to use his voice to get him to take the gag off of his mom and then she starts commanding the ship and that's my favorite scene in the movie i I love that scene when like it's real tense and when she starts controlling people it's like holy cow this woman is like these are dangerous people that was was really shown to me that like how powerful these people are i love that scene yeah that that is a pretty cool scene and i uh rebecca hall or ferguson i thought rebecca ferguson i might be wrong i thought it was rebecca ferguson it's ferguson um, yeah, I, I, she's she's been kind of coming up lately and, and doing a lot of stuff. And I thought that she, uh, yeah, Ferguson. I, I thought I thought she was real solid in, in in this movie. Yeah, she was awesome. And I love that scene. So she she just like as soon as she, as soon as they have her mouth open, she starts commanding everybody. You know, hey, mm-hmm. kill him and kill him, and and they they get out of there. At least they crash land into yeah. the planet, and uh, and then they've got to survive on Arrakis. Uh, on Dune, they they suit up in their suits and uh, they go out there. They, they got to watch out for sandworms. It's all very exciting. You see a sandworm mm-hmm. come up, kind of uh, not fully, but you see its face. Big. I don't know what it looks like. A how would you describe Termite, it? Or like, I mean, it looks. I mean, it looks like a. <laughs> it looks like one of those things that lived on your face. It's microscopic, kind of like yeah, you know. Like oh a, yeah, it does. Like yeah, when they're like, hey, bit. here's what you're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the water bear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this blown up at four hundred times. The water. We, <laughs> we always joke around. We watched that Neil deGrasse Tyson. Was it? It wasn't Cosmos. What did he do? Was it Cosmos? He redid um, something, but it. I don't know. I didn't watch anyway, it. he had a whole th- he had a whole episode on the water bear or whatever the and mm-hmm. he he always pronounces it. He, whenever he, whenever Neil deGrasse Tyson says water, he always says liquid water, and then he pronounces it liquid water, liquid water. So that's water. Every time, Jesus, every liquid. time we say water in our house now, in our household, we always say liquid water. Can I have a glass of liquid water? <laughs> I was, anyway, I like, it I does. Like steam, a glass of steam, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to be precise. <laughs> Otherwise, Neil deGrasse Tyson will tweet at you. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they they look like those Neil deGrasse Tyson water bear water uh, <laughs> okay. water, water <laughs> liquid bears. water. <laughs> Is that what they're called, water bears? Um, they have a more specific name. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Paul's dad, Paul, uh, who's played by uh, Oscar Isaac. Yes, who's we in haven't like, mentioned that. Who's in everything? Worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah, he's got a great beard. I really like. 
I really like this guy. Oh yeah, he's got a, yeah, he's fucking he's great. got an epic beard. I'm um, excited that he's Moon Knight. He's gonna kill it as Moon Knight, I'm sure. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's playing Moon Knight. Did you see? Uh, did you see Card Counter this year? No, I love me some Paul Schrader. Uh, it's really high on my list of things to check out soon. I, sh- I should do that. Check it out. I- yeah, yeah. I got. It's not. It. It's not as. It's not as good as First Reform, but it's. It's very. It's First Reformed ish. I think that First Reformed is probably going to be. I mean, Schrader has a really great career, but I think he's going to have a hard time topping that movie. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's awesome in that movie. Um, his dad is he's the dad the father of paul atreides duke leto leto atreides and he mm-hmm. talked before they got to arrakis about the importance of desert power he doesn't care about the spice he does care about the spice but he recognizes he's got a powerful um not just army but a, uh he's got power here on arrakis in the people of arrakis like he recognizes mm-hmm. there's power in the people and nobody else sees that only everybody in the universe just cares about the spice but he realizes, no, we've got power here in the in the locals, and Paul cool. uh, remembers this, and he uh, he wants to he is going to as he he meets up with the Fremen after they escape the Sandworm, he's going to use these people to well, we'll see, I guess, what he's going to use them for. Um, before this, though, and I don't know, they mentioned this in the movie, but it wasn't that clear. Um, the Bene Gesserits, these kind of these witch ladies, they've mm-hmm. they for thousands of the of years have been seeding the galaxy with like prophecies to help with their breeding plan. So they've they've yeah. been on Arrakis thousands of years before, and they've taught and they've been feeding prophecies into the local cultures of all these planets. And is that where that's coming the, from? So I didn't realize that. Yeah. So so when the Fremen are like, oh, this is the guy. This is the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. he's not, you're, we're not supposed to think of him as the actual guy from prophecy. We're supposed to realize, at least in the book, this is all part of the Bene Gesserit's scheming over thousands of years that mm-hmm. when this person comes to this planet or really any planet, people will recognize what we've been doing and hail him as a savior. So even him, even them hailing him as savior, I think Frank Herbert is like problematizing that idea as well. Like, you know, even that was manipulation. Even the religion has been this manipulation from thousands of years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. But we'll see in the next movie what Paul does with this, you know, kind of, I don't know. We'll see what it looks like. Is, is it going to be blind loyalty or like religious fervor? That's what that's what happens in the book. So, uh, oh, and one of it ends on, it just, the movie just kind of ends. But right before that, he fights uh, one of the Fremen who he dishonored. Jameis? Jameis? Jameis. Yeah, that's right. Jameis. And uh, that's actually later in the book, but they put it right here. I think they wanted a climax of the movie. And um, I like that scene too. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good. But again, this is like where I was, this is where I was most baffled because I, I'm like, wait, he's, this guy's going to teach him all this stuff. And then like, it turns out that he did teach him the stuff, but like in an alternate future that didn't happen. So he learned the stuff. Oh even though he didn't actually experience it with the dude. I don't know. This is what someone else told me on the internets. But, like, because I ended the movie, I'm like, what in the fuck? How do they just kill this guy who they've clearly set up to be one of the most important characters? So I was really, really bad. You talk about the Jameis guy. Yeah. Yeah, Jameis. 
Because like throughout the movie, like he's having these these premonitions about him, and and James is like teaching him stuff and like helping him and like doing all this stuff oh, in see. the future. I see, yeah. And then he kills Jameis. I'm like, well, that's not what was supposed to happen. And so I, I get it now. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool that like, um, you yeah. know, that it it hurts him. It hurts Paul that much more to kill this man because this is like supposed to be his friend. Um, so yeah, like, I, yeah. I do like that. Like once I understood that better, I liked it more. <laughs> but as a as a as a completely ignorant viewer, I'm just like. I'm just like following the movie, like okay, so this guy's going to be important. This is going to they're going to become friends, and then he kills. I'm like, wait, what? And then the movie ended. I'm like, this is this is confusing. <laughs> so I did really like the movie, but like this, like I, this is in particular what I struggled with. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I liked. Um, I guess not. I, I didn't feel that that was a worry or something that I was supposed to be wondering about. So yeah, that is interesting you say that because that's that is what I wondered. There was a couple times in the movie theater, I was with uh, my wife, Crystal, and my son, Carson, and I thought, I wonder how they, are they liking this? Or do they, you know what I mean? Do they understand? <laughs> yeah. And after the movie, I was like, hey, did, what'd you guys think about that? And they both liked it, but they, yeah, probably didn't understand. <laughs> Not, I don't, I don't want to sound like, no, I mean, the, they, you know, these lowly people didn't understand what I understand. No, no, no. But like. What came no, across and what didn't come across, right? So I think that I think that this movie, uh, the people that like it the most, are probably people that go in with an understanding that I just didn't have. Um, right. I still thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I do think it's one of the year's best. I think that it's filled with incredible visuals and effects and acting and direction and all this great stuff. Um, I I like it. I mean, I, and I like having a movie that I have to think about. Like, I, I don't necessarily need everything, yeah. you know, um, sugarcoated. But uh, absolutely, they're, they're, yeah. But the the misunderstandings I have are I, I understand them better now, and I like it better now. But I also am like, that's not <laughs> a movie shouldn't require like a second uh, source for me to consult to be like, oh, that's what's happening. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I get and that's what it was hard for me to divorce it, divorce the two. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you couldn't, it'd be impossible, but yeah, no. just made me like it all the more, I guess. But yeah, it just kind of ends and it does kind of, it does kind of end awkwardly. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, but maybe we'll see how it goes in the next movie or like, you know how Lord, Lord of the Rings just kind of ended. I, I guess it, it yeah. did have a climax, but I remember walking out of the theater after the first Lord of the Rings movie and the person right behind me, they, they said, um, that's how it, like they were, I remember, I didn't know who it was, but they were upset. It just ended. And they said, uh, they didn't even do anything in the movie. <laughs> they just like, I remember they said they just walked a little bit and then the movie ended. Like they didn't even go anywhere. I'm like, oh, is that how people think about it? Turns out a lot of people, everybody loves Lord of the Rings, but it drives me nuts that, that lots of people say that about all the movies, let alone the first one. That's just them walking. I'm like, what? No, there's so much more happening. They're walking <laughs> right. and experiencing things. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of people, I mean, you, I think that there's very few movies to compare this to. And Fellowship of the Ring is the most uh, clear and obvious comparison. Because yeah. It literally, like you very much get the sense, and it, all which is all the stranger that a, a sequel had not been greenlit yet. Um, <laughs> right. But you, you very much get the sense that like, okay, we've watched half of a story or a portion of a story, right. and there's a lot more to come, and it's going to be good. If you thought this was good, it's going to get even better. And, and, like, and I do think that it's going to get better. 
Um, I mean, I thought that was great, and that, but, but like, yeah, I think that, I think it's got a yeah. lot of promise because most of what it was doing was it was like almost all world building. Yeah, I agree, and I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I guess we'll see whenever it comes out. But a lot of the characters uh, that you think might have died might not have. We may have. We may yet see. Yeah, there's a few the that just kind of disappeared, and then I had I had something ruined for me um, from one of the uh, other ones. So I was like, oh, he, uh, oh it's a bummer. That's too bad. I stopped listening to that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just talked about the first movie today. A little bit of the book background. Dune, my pick for the best film of 2021. And I and I'm and I think I'm a big sci-fi nut. I'm a big Phil New. I, I don't give the guy the, <laughs> the the decency of learning his name, but I'm a big fan of of Denis Villeneuve. Oh, and that guy. Uh, so yeah, oh that guy. And uh, yeah, that's my pick for best film 2021. Fantastic, man. Uh, I'm really happy to to have gone through our first full episode talking about our first movie of, of 2021 together here we are we're starting a whole new journey it's like the end of lord of the rings or dune we just <laughs> we just what what's next we, we just can't wait to see what's next well what's next is uh what will be my pick for the best movie of 2021 which i have selected michael sarnoski's pig uh starring nicholas cage so that will be Pig. the uh, the that will be the the subject of our second episode, Pig, the, that movie called Pig, P I G, Pig, Pig, just Pig, Pig the film. <laughs> uh, I've seen Pig. I guess we'll wait till next week or next two weeks to see how I feel about Pig. You obviously love it. Yes, can't wait yes. to watch. And I'm excited to talk you. about it with you, and uh, that'll be our second episode. Hey, here's something interesting. So we say, we tell our kids, what's a pig say? And we say, oink, oink, right? Everybody knows mm-hmm. pig says oink. They don't say, in everywhere. Ukraine, they don't say pig says oink. Yeah. What pig says say? hru, hru here. Hru, hru, hru. Hru, hru. Yeah. Hru, hru. Like, yeah. hru, hru. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. A little fun fact for you. Yeah, neither one's accurate. <laughs> neither one says. Pigs don't say. Yeah, I was. Pigs don't say. I these was talking things. to. I was talking to someone here, and they're like, "I'm like, what? That's not what a pig says." And they said, "What do you think?" I said, "Oink," and they're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> like, oink is way further off than crew. That's like he just okay. walked into his house and spit on his floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man, I'm looking forward to pig. All right. I'm looking forward to continuing to discover and explore the best films of each year with you. Absolutely, man. Some people give their opinions on the best film, but we're giving you the actual <laughs> best films. <laughs> At least of what we watched that year. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right, man. Let's we can do. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, for checking us out for our first episode. Uh, keep an ear and an eye out. We'll have more. Crew, crew, crew. Crew, crew.